0: Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Tuesday, August 11th, the Setting Up Your Child's Study Sanctuary edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, cultural critic, contributor to Slate's Karen Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is seven and entering the second grade this year. We live in Los Angeles, California.
1: I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, eight, Oliver, six, and Teddy, three, and I'm living in Navarre, Florida.
0: On today's show, we're going to be discussing an issue that is of great importance and urgency to me, which is how to set up a space at home that will help your kid focus on learning, whether they'll be completing homework or attending all of their classes or the majority of their classes this coming fall online. But before we get into that, we're going to be doing triumphs and fails. And if you caught the first episode of our special bonus edition of Mom and Dad are Fighting, we're going to be either doing classic triumphs and fails, meaning something that happened back when we were kids ourselves or maybe earlier in our children's lives or something more recent. So Elizabeth, let's start with you. Do you have a TBT triumph or fail today or do you have something that just happened?
1: So I have a fail, and mine is thematically appropriate to our discussion today. So I kind of joke that the reason I wanted to homeschool is like to set up a homeschool room. That is not why I'm homeschooling. But I like had these visions of like, I would have all this beautiful stuff on the wall, and we would have this table, and we'd like all gather together. And so of course, when we moved to Florida and moved into our Florida home, I like used what I think was like supposed to be a dining room as this room, and I did all of these things. And then like, we just never gathered there. Like it turned out, that, like none of those things were important. That is not how we used our space, and so that space has now been redone. And by redone, I mean like I shuffled things from other rooms, and I've like it. It's mostly like it does have a table, and it's mostly storage. But I guess I just thought we'd be like sitting around this table, and that we'd all be there. But of course, that was like three kids at the table doing three different things, and then like to have everything we needed in there. And then I sort of thought like maybe Teddy could like play in the adjacent room, but like that just did not work. So I think just like my fail was this idea that what I saw like on Instagram or Pinterest was what I needed (laughs) when in fact I should have, I think, taken a better look at like how life actually is and how we were using space and kind of adjusted to that. So yeah. I now have a Triumph. I now have a space set up that works for us. But initially, my, my beautiful homeschool room was beautiful, but not at all useful. Okay, Jamila, what about you?
0: Well, I'll revisit a classic fail. So thinking back to the homeschooling space that existed in my very small apartment when I was a kid, I I think my mom did a pretty good job of creating a place for me to play as well as a place for me to get schoolwork done. And I have to give it up to my mom. You know, especially standing from the perspective of a, a career parent who has worked a lot and has had to travel a lot for work throughout my daughter's life. I really do respect and admire the fact that my mom was a stay-at-home parent until I was about five or six and did this, despite being low-income, figured out uh, a way to be with me and to be present with me However, with there only being the two of us in the house, there were occasionally times in which she just simply had to be in the kitchen preparing a meal or in the bathroom by herself. And I went into my little homeschooling space, particularly inside of an armoire that had been gifted to us by a neighbor once. I must have been a little bit younger than Naima. So maybe I was five and my mom had done something that really upset me. And so I felt the need to I don't know if i call myself retaliating or simply reacting but i took a a very thick marker and i went inside the armoire and i wrote graffiti i did cartoons about my mother and i remember that one of them was uh my mother's brain rated pg-13 because being rated pg-13 As bad an insult as you could get, because I didn't know what was in a PG-13 movie yet, but I knew that it was so bad that I was not allowed to see it. So obviously the evil that lurked in my mother's brain was PG-13. So it was very, very bad to me. And I pretty much destroyed the inside of this really beautiful armoire that said neighbor ended up wanting to gift to another family that had a small child and asked my mother for it back, at which point she discovered that I'd been sitting inside of there and writing nasty things about her when I should have been quietly, you know, reading the Bernstein Bears or something. That's amazing. Well, that's to say that... uh Mindful parents, as we're creating space for our children uh, coming into this new school year, that we are not giving them so much space to work that they are perhaps writing little baby manifestos dedicated to how much we suck or um, (laughs) destroying. But look, you you learn
1: to channel your feelings into writing, and look at where that's gotten you. I'm just maybe she was giving you this gift. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) It is entirely possible that. She probably didn't feel that way when she saw the the inside of the armoire. I just remember her cleaning it with like alcohol
0: and nail polish and feeling so guilty. And just also like her interpretation of her brain being PG-13 was really interesting. Okay, so let's get into our listener question, which is being read by the one and only Shasha Leonard. Dear mom and dad, my middle schooler will be going to school online this fall. The problem is she gets very distracted at home. We've tried having her do her work at the kitchen table, but her mother and I are also working from home, and our constant phone calls or meetings are pretty distracting. If she sits down to do her schoolwork in her room, it'll be about 15 minutes max before she's playing with something else. How can we set up a productive learning environment for her? Thanks. Elizabeth, I'm so curious to hear what you have to say about this, because I will admit that this is one of those areas in which I have struggled to be successful, not just in terms of creating a quiet learning environment for Naima, but also creating a good working environment for myself, even in Naima's absence. I think the separation between work and home and work and school and school and home or the lack thereof has been incredibly challenging for many of us over the past five months and will continue to be challenging as this new school year starts. What are some tips that you have as a parent who has been holding school from the (laughs) comfort of your own home all along Do you have to offer for those of us that just aren't really wired to do such things?
1: So I think you're absolutely right that sort of no matter what your house looks like, whether you are in a small apartment or a larger home, all of a sudden your house is being asked to be like all these things that you never wanted it to be or that you never assumed it would be. And so the first thing is that I think like, When we think about well my kid needs some place to do homework and it was like they're coming home from school like the house served all these other functions as well and so i think the first thing to do is like look at what you need the house to do and then make your house do that for you so for this parent it seems like we've got people working at home and they are doing some like what i would call noisy work and then we also need a space for like some quiet work and instead of necessarily trying to give each person their own space I find that setting up spaces for the type of work that needs to be done and then allowing people to like rotate through those or use those spaces tends to be a little bit better because it does present that like having somewhere else to go if the only space you have is in your child's bedroom then you need to make that work but if you can try to rearrange space so that people have spaces in which they are sleeping and playing and spaces in which they are working i think that can be really helpful just like for mental health and for making your house you know feel a little bit bigger like you're not stuck in this in this one space all day but it it is like really difficult i have found that like like i said i think in my fail that I thought the room we were going to be in needed to be all of these things. And in fact, what I sort of needed was a quieter space that was distraction free, where we could do the kind of work that needs no distractions. And for us, we found that like clearing out a guest room, like we're not going to have guests. So can we put the mattress under another bed? Can we just like take down the, you know, the bed frame and like put it against a wall and make that space a room that can have a desk, have an old table, like whatever you have in the house to make that kind of like our quiet distraction free room. And in that space, putting the things that you need. Now, Because we have five people in my house and my husband is sometimes working at home, the first thing I did was find a space for everyone to put their things. Because if you want something to be organized, everything needs a space. So this can be a book bag. This can be a crate. This can be my favorite are those three-tiered carts if you happen to have some of those. But I I think the key is like you have stuff in your home that you can repurpose. And I think if you have something that people can use to keep all their things so that like school time... Here are the things we need. So even though maybe you're not physically going back to school, you can prepare things that you need to have school time and have those be somewhere where you can go get them and use them and carry them around or move them. And at the end of your school time that you're moving them back into there. And same with your work things. If you're setting up work at home, I think it is important to have a place that you like put your work stuff away when you're done with work time so that it's not just like sitting there screaming at you in your family space. So it sounds like in this particular home too, there's like an issue of people are loud and some people are talking on the phone. We tend to use the master bedroom for phone calls. Like even if somebody has a Zoom call with a teacher or with extracurricular, we just like set up the computer in the master bedroom because we can close it off. We know it's kind of quiet in there and that gets used as like the louder space. And that gives everyone some separation and the feeling of some privacy. Now it can also be like if you have a closet or you have a pantry, like those are all valid places to use for these kind of activities. So I think just really see like how you can make your family space work for what you're doing. And part of that is also going to be like thinking about your schedule for us. One of the things that really worked with everyone being in the home at the same time is for us to have lunch as a family meal and then make dinner actually our more like lunch meal where I prepack it and people go and get it when it's convenient for them. Because since we were all there, Having lunchtime also gave the kids and Jeff and I this time where we were like, okay, we're touching base. How's this going? How's this going? Like that family time in the middle of the day. He has some flexibility to be able to say like, I'm taking lunch from this time. So obviously, like this may not work for you. But if you can find like that time where you can all be together in a family and kind of acknowledge like we're all in this space. How's everything going? Checking in and redoing those schedules, like, okay, do you still have this call this afternoon? Do you need quiet, like, as much as you can trying to move those, those things around. But I think part of the distraction for kids comes like, when they were at school, there was all this stuff to distract them, like, Yes, they're sitting at a desk, but like their friend is doing something like there's stuff to watch and stuff to do in addition to your schoolwork. And now you're like, sit at this table and do this work and pay attention to this computer. So I think having them being able to move around. So like the place that they eat lunch isn't necessarily the place that they're doing all their work An opportunity to like play or get outside. And again, so much of this is just going to depend on like what your virtual learning, homeschool, whatever looks like. I know for our homeschool, like I literally have zones. So like the kids doing quiet reading are on this particular couch because it tends to be quiet and the books are located near there. Like if you're doing your Zoom, like I said, or some kind of virtual class, you're in the master bedroom. Like I've just kind of zoned things out so that there is an opportunity to have some space and we moved all three boys into the same room to give us an extra bedroom that we could use for like a guest room or in this case for like an office. So I I think also moving your space around, but I don't know. Jamila, do you have like ideas or do you have like specific questions that I'm not thinking about or? I I do have one big question challenge for me and I'm certainly curious
0: how functions in a house with so many people, but part of the challenge that I have we have a two-bedroom apartment that would be a decent amount of space for two people, especially considering the name is only here 50% of the time, if this were not also now our school and our workplace, right? But so yeah. one, I would love some thoughts on how to work with smaller spaces. But two, what I struggle with is, you know, even if the house is organized to the best of my ability and everything is quiet and everyone has everything that they need to work there's a person who might want to start a conversation with me because I'm physically in the same place as she is. You know, in the past, our kids couldn't reach over and touch us or hug us or go for a cuddle during the school day. And, you know, there've been moments where it's been great, where we've just simply needed to have a moment and to take a, you know, a pause from working and enjoy each other or just talk to one another and and perhaps talk about something that has nothing to do with school or work. But, it's also incredibly easy to be distracted, even with headphones, even with a course of action. So how have you mastered being present with your children without actually being fully present with your children?
1: So I find for that, like, I am just clear with boundaries. And you are absolutely right. It is super hard. And especially like the three-year-old is like, I don't, I don't care. Like you're, I'm going to hang out here and scream in your face that you told me not to. But I tend to, like, assign a task when I... Because I do have to get, like, I have some work and things that have to get done during the day while I'm homeschooling and while I'm home. And of course, like, the nice part about freelancing is that, like, I am my own boss. I don't have that added pressure that I think a lot of people have of someone, like, standing over saying, this needs to be done right now. So I absolutely acknowledge that, like, that that is just... It's hard and it's terrible. But I, like, sit the kids down with an expected time. Like this is how much time I expect you to spend on this. I like to use visual charts, which is very similar to what like you see in classrooms. But I also have a list of things like you are done with your work, and mom is not available. These are the things that you're permitted to do. And some of this is just conditioning. And it's terrible. Like when they come and interrupt me, I have to take them back and show them the list and say you are to choose one of these things, and basically just continue to return them. But I mean, the result is that in general, I also use a sign on my door when I'm really serious about things. And Jeff uses it too, that just says like, is this an emergency? It has like little graphics for the little one, but the sign on the door with the door shut like really means like, hey, if someone is not bleeding or there's some kind of massive emergency, like I can't be bothered. And they do mostly, like I said, the three-year-old, not so much, but they do mostly respect that because I think they know that my response is gonna be like, well, did you finish what you were supposed to do? If not, go sit back down and do that. And second, like, then choose something from this list. But I think that you also really have to make sure that they're getting that time and that they're getting like bucket filling time. So because that is what they want and you're around and like, how can you not just feel so sympathetic to that, but be able to say like, Again, for us, like lunch is a good time for that. Like, we're all going to be together at lunch or like starting them out by really playing. And when I have time to say, like, this is time I have, how can I help you or be with you in this moment? And letting them know, like, I have 10 minutes and setting a timer and spending that 10 minutes, like, not on my phone, not doing other things, not doing chores. Like, these are the 10 minutes we're going to get. Make it count because the rest of the time I am going to kind of be distracted. And I, Also try to just be forgiving, like, my kids know that like, if they're like, you're on your phone, or you're you're doing this, that that like really hurts. But I also have to say like, yes, but these are things that have to get done. Like these are still tasks. And just reminding them like, well, we have this 10 minutes coming up, what do you want to do with that? These are solutions. And these are things that work, but that doesn't make it feel any better. And it doesn't always work, Mm -hmm. you know? Also, I think it's okay to turn on the TV or the tablet, I want to say that, that if you are in a position where you can manage your own child's school time, if you have something that you have to get done, it is okay to do that schoolwork like outside of school hours, like early, late, on a weekend, like it is okay to arrange their schedule and arrange your schedule so that it works I know not everyone is in that position, but I think that is something that maybe you can push for or ask teachers or at depending on your job. Like, if you're on the phone all the time and you need like just a virtual babysitter, I, it, this is the time where I think it's okay to just say, you know what, this is, this is, we've been put in a really unenviable position and it's okay for them to watch whatever, you know, find something on YouTube that you feel good about. Like, oh, I'm doing an educational thing. But it's okay to do those like after dinner or school hours or the weekend school hours or, you know, log that time some other time.
0: It's been really interesting watching the, I guess, the shifting attitudes around screen time that a lot of parents have been forced to uh, say. <laughs> engage in that parents who were once completely anti-screens, you know, under any circumstances or only allowed them under the rarest or most special of circumstances or, you know, severely limited screen time are now like, I can't do this without.
1: Yeah. Remember Dan wrote that article that was like, all these things that don't matter anymore. Like, I feel like we have just fallen into that. And we're just realizing like, yeah, when everything was great, screen time seemed important but now I'm being asked to do all these things you know so here's a question for you Jamila like in the before times what did you do to stay focused like how when you were at home like I understand Naima wasn't home but like When you would get distracted, how would you keep yourself? I mean, were you leaving the house and that's what's so hard now? Like, you were able to physically give yourself a break? Yeah,
0: that was the big challenge for me. Like, I guess it's been a year since I've had an office that I could work from even part time. And I've been fully freelance and only been working on a contract basis. And so, I had been using co working spaces and coffee shops. So, which those are not an option. option (laughs) So, it was very rare that I would, you know, actually be in the house writing or working unless I just chose to work late at night after not even was asleep. But yeah, so like not being able to get out of my space and just see other faces. And, you know, it's also been very easy for me on days when Naeem is not here to create, you know, all these errands to run. So it's like, well, I have to go to Target and I have to go to Home Depot. And it's like, no, you actually have to be writing and you have to be working. These are the things that need to get done, but just needing so badly to be out of the house, even momentarily.
1: I hear you because I feel that way, like so much of homeschooling for us was about not being at home and about like being out in nature. And and while some of that is available, like a lot of what we did is not available. And I've just been trying to like, when I feel that urge to be like, okay, I know it's a bazillion degrees, but like, we're just going to go take a loop around the block because we we need to get out or we're just going to like all of us go out and do this thing that of course the children don't want to do, but I'm going to make them do because we just need the freedom. And So I think like the thing about the space and about our time and our houses is that we kind of have to completely rethink what we were doing with them. And I understand that like some of us is like, yes, at an individual basis. But I also think like when you have the opportunity to pipe in with virtual schooling or pipe in with your work, these are the kinds of things that we have to push for is like more autonomy with our time because it seems like that is the only way to make multiple people in a household you know work I think it's just gonna be rough but you're gonna find things that work and I I guess my overarching thing is just like think outside of the box like it is okay to just rethink your home or say like do I really need I know you said Mm -hmm. you're in a two-bedroom like when Naeem is not there can you have something that you put in and work in her room, you know what I mean? To have like another space or like, can you guys both sit at the table and set a timer and do, okay, we're going to do 30 minutes of just work. And then we're going to debrief or make it a game or, or things like that. Like, I think we really have to do that kind of out of the box thinking and it, it's exhaust, it's exhausting. Like it is just exhausting.
0: It really is. Um... But we are we are made for this challenge. Uh, We don't have any choice but to to step up and meet it. And we're certainly not alone. So letter writer, I hope that this was helpful for you. Uh, Some of the ideas that Elizabeth gave were certainly helpful for me. And I would love to see this conversation continue on our Slate Facebook group. So search Slate Parenting on Facebook and let us know how have you successfully or unsuccessfully created a learning environment for your kids at home since things have changed? Or perhaps how have you created a successful learning environment for your kids in the past? And let's be supportive to one another during a very unique beginning to the academic year. Thank you so much for the question, letter writer, and good luck to you. That is our show. As a reminder, if you have a question, please send us an email at slate.com or post it to the Slate Facebook group. Again, just search for Slate Parenting. We will see you back here in the podcast feed on Thursday. And don't forget to join us again next Tuesday for another special bonus episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting. Mom and Dad are fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Jamila Lemieux.